2: Go it is the Denver Sports podcast brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery the official beer of DNVR got the avalanche amber ale to celebrate the Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche use that breck beer locator and go find a location nearest you that is selling all that delicious Breckenridge Brewery or get down to the bar once we reopen uh here very shortly with the dnbr bar 2.0 you know we'll have all their beers on tap i am your host for today jesse montagno joined by my good friend aj hayfleet from the dnbr avalanche and the man himself andre simone mr dnbr uh and then we will have <laughs> uh yahir our boy yaya normally behind the scenes uh he'll be jumping in and out today he's uh He's a busy man around DNVR today. What is it? August 5th, we got the uh, the golf tourney going on. Uh, so, yeah, here's kind of uh, one man in a lot of what you're seeing behind – what you will be seeing behind the scenes today uh, from all of us here at DNVR. But he will be popping in and out because it's going to be a fun show. We, uh, we had some fun yesterday on the DNVR avalanche pod, uh, off-season pod. Ran out of things to talk about a little bit. So, we just kind of started – airing out everything that was bothering us, hockey-related or otherwise. Uh, and then when we were putting together this show, uh, we were all kind of bouncing some ideas around. And, uh, you know, there's been, a lot to, there's been a lot to celebrate for Denver sports mm. fans recently. So true. Like, like I said, we're, we're six weeks removed from the Stanley Cup champion for the Avs. You had a back-to-back uh, NBA MVP, uh, Nikola Jokic on the Denver Nuggets. Russell Wilson – comes to the Denver Broncos in the offseason. Finally, after half a decade of wondering what the F is going on at quarterback, you get you get a franchise quarterback. Uh, Coors Field still beautiful. Uh, but, you know, there's been, a lot, there's been a lot to celebrate. There's been a lot to be happy about. Uh, but we are in, in a little bit slower time the season. So we're going to – I don't want to say negative. We're not going to take the negative approach today us never <laughs> never I would never even think about being negative on the air um but look like there's there are still some some lumps some bumps and bruises with the franchises uh here in Colorado but then also what's the end of the show we're just gonna kind of we're gonna air it all out I've been a friend's guy my whole life but uh, I was recently shown and by Reese I mean this morning uh the uh full festivist clip from Seinfeld mm. I was I was laughing my ass off. So we're gonna we're gonna do some airing out of the grievances, but that's coming later. Uh, I do I, I want to talk a little bit about what is the biggest issue facing each of the Denver teams right now? Colorado teams, I guess, because uh, even though things have been going well, things are nowhere near perfect for any of the teams. Even the Avalanche, who were have their own issues here and there. Uh, so that's what we're going to kind of start talking about. We're going to go to the abs and nuggets. Uh, like I said, we're going to get Yahir on here to talk to us some Rapids. We'll talk about the Broncos, the Rockies, uh, and just kind of see how everyone's feeling. What's everyone seen as the biggest issues? Uh, where do each team need to make some fixes to, uh, make sure everyone's having the the fun and enjoyable summer that the Avalanche players are having here soon. Uh, let's start with the abs because honestly, while they do have issues, they're spending the summer with the Cup. Like, their issues are minimal.
3: Yeah, I mean, whatever you complain about with the Abs at this point is uh, complaining <laughs> about something that hasn't happened yet um, <laughs> right. because uh, they just won the Stanley Cup. And, you know, they've got question marks going into next season. I think that your biggest concern with them uh, at the NHL level on the ice uh, is uh, the bet that they made in in goal. And yeah. they've made so many good decisions that everybody's kind of just like, okay, it's fine. Yeah, But like, I was, uh, after the Jonathan Uberdo massive extension last yeah. night, I was talking with some peeps in our Discord about the, the gamble that it was. And they were like, oh, Calgary, they're not going to get anywhere. They're, you know, taking this huge risk. And I was like, can we keep in mind here, like, the defending Stanley Cup champions turned over the keys to their goaltending position to a guy who was a sub-900 backup <laughs> last year yeah. and has never been a bona fide starter in his career. Like can we keep this in mind here that the the team coming off of the Stanley Cup made is in the midst of making a huge gamble. At such an important position, and we've all just, like, accepted, like, hey, this is how they've decided to mm-hmm. go. It's mm-hmm. a big risk. We trust that they're going to make the right decision, and it will go well, because over the last five years, most things have <laughs> gone Colorado's way.
2: Yeah.
3: Uh, especially when it comes to roster decisions like that. Right. Uh, when it comes to player evaluation and, and uh, taking advantage of guys uh, and, and acquiring players that they feel can play bigger roles for for the abs so like we we just accept that this massive gamble has been made already but if we get to the middle of january and it has not gone okay and pavel francos can you know does not take a step into the starter uh to to keep things afloat like You could be talking about one of the bigger missteps with the championship core that we've seen in certainly recent Denver uh, sports history. So, like, they've got to get this right. Otherwise, you're like, uh... Because this is a a tandem that they've committed multiple years to. Yeah, It's not like they... Go ahead.
0: When's the last time a defending cup champ has taken this kind of of a roll of the dice between the pipes?
3: Um, I like maybe, maybe when Chicago turned over the net mining position to Corey Crawford after Antti Niemi, um, yeah. because Crawford just was not a proven guy at right. that point. He'd been a good yeah. AHL starter, but was not like he was never like Corey Crawford was never like a top prospector and he ended up having quite a good career.
0: Mm-hmm. but
3: it was it, it, it like it really is uh, it it really is a big yeah. but most of the teams that get to the Stanley Cup finals do so behind something I'm, good happening at that yeah. position yeah. Um, so this is this is a pretty big gamble from the apps mm-hmm. and it's yeah. like we don't talk about it much because there isn't a lot to say <laughs> it's a gamble, and then will it work? Will it not? Well, and, and that, that's all there is to it. We just don't know. Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: Even he's acting like a. are taking it a, one step further back. And again, obviously, you don't look at it as a problem because it it worked out. Darcy Kemper took him to a cup. You know, everything's great. But like this has actually been a little bit of like an ongoing thing with the abs uh you know we we kind of tend to brush it off a bit because of the success they've had in the last few years and then obviously the last couple of months even more so but i mean i don't i really don't know peter Budai is that the only goaltender the abs have ever developed into some <laughs> semblance of a starter i mean like again you you feel good about it and it's easy to forgive it because you win a cup but like It's kind of been gamble after gamble after gamble. Uh, I mean, shit, for the last, what, decade now? Varley was a a 50-50 guy that they were hoping could take the next step. He did. He was good here. Grubauer, a 50-50 guy they were hoping could take the next step.
3: Varley was a little bit different. Yeah. That was a a guy who was a 22-year-old starter on a playoff team who didn't want to re-sign with his team. Like var- Varley's situation was the one where you're like, like if Jake Ottinger right now just was like, <laughs> I'm not playing for the stars again, F those guys, like that's the kind of situation the Barleys was, yeah, was
0: that'd be amazing. It was a
3: freak situation that the abs were like, Yes, please, <laughs> and like that that's a deal that I would still make a hundred times out of a hundred.
2: Oh, oh, I'm not saying I wouldn't, and again, like you look back at this last decade. A lot of those gambles have paid off, almost all of them. Varley, yep. Grubauer, Kemper, and now you're looking at Georgia. But if they're really, teams... really
3: all of them did. Like they yeah. they brought in, you know, they took the chance on Frankie, who was a KHL guy. You know, he was like 27, 28 years old. He comes over from the KHL, has a great year in the AHL, and then has been a solid backup when he's been healthy. Outside yeah. of the one lost year, Pavel Francos has been a gamble that's paid off for them. So, yeah. This is why they took that leap and we all just kind of went okay, well, mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes. Right. Because it's they're scouting and and they they just they have not badly missed at that position in a long time. Yeah. Um and so you're you're in just the like pro hey.
0: personnel department at least,
3: right? Oh all yeah, are- uh, that's what I that's yeah. what I mean. In all the these N- are NHL level are- yeah. like trying to find quality goaltending like the abs have had fine goaltending for many many years right
0: but Jesse's initial point of you know draft and development hasn't really been there it's been the caps drafting and developing (laughs) and they give up a first rounder and uh, here you go, and it's hilarious to me that now this year we went reverse. Darcy is now in, yeah, in for the Caps, um, <laughs> and we let Samsonov yeah. and Vanek go other places. And, I hadn't uh,
2: even thought about that. That's hilarious. Oh, it's, it's yeah. the
0: endless Caps. Caps.
2: Oh adds, yeah, they got
3: they got they got it back big time. They were yeah. like, okay. <laughs> Like, except they were just like, here's money instead of trading stuff to the abs. Right. Yeah. right.
0: It's the Hakuna Matata of uh, goaltenders. You know, it's, I, I'm obviously, I have a four year old, so lots of Disney plus blasted <laughs> in my home. But uh,
2: Never apologize about Hakuna Matata. It's, it's the circle yeah, of Brian, life. You know,
3: Brian Elliott and Andrew Raycroft weren't really gambles. Those weren't. Uh,
2: but, you know, so, so that is, if you are looking at the on ice products for the abs, you, you do want, especially in that goaltending position you'd like to see a little bit more development. Someone come from within the ranks because while it's worked out and it's great, don't want to keep hemorrhaging picks, especially with a core that, you know, we talked about on yesterday's Av show, we think has a nice little window here. you got a nice window where you can bank a couple championships. Um, so some steadiness back there and kind of stopping of the shuffle button in, in that uh, would be nice. Uh,
3: yeah, well, and that was, that's kind of the point of Gorgiev who, you know, at his yeah. age, you know, the, Twenty six years old. Uh, if he if he hits, the A's have him signed for three years, right. and then he'll be twenty nine, thirty, and then they, you know, you can feel comfortable giving that guy an extension if he if things go really well for you. And if they don't, then you just continue to do this. You just and... continue to find that backup that that another team has sitting behind a great starter. Where you are just like, we love that guy. We think we can make right. it work, and you just keep doing this. You just keep doing this. Right. It's the it's the cost efficient approach to the position. It's high risk, but if you get it right, uh, you're rewarded because you you have a cheap starter and the money that you allot to the rest of your roster uh, is meaningful. And if
2: he sticks, I'll really have to learn how to spell Georgiev consistently. Uh... <laughs> and
3: Alexander.
2: Yeah, yeah, with an A at the end, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh... the A R gets me all the time. <laughs>
2: Let's talk about their ball arena roommates, the Denver Nuggets. It's been a really – like going back to the bubble, I don't know if there's been a bigger roller coaster in Denver than the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, an awesome run in the bubble. I, I I thought the bubbles were super awesome. I don't know why people hate them so much. that they were really fun. Great run in the bubble for the Nuggets. Uh, you have another good year – the following. And then this last year, just with injuries and, yeah. you know, is he coming back? He's shooting around before the game. It looks like he's good to go. No, he's not even dressed, you know, just a really weird kind of season. They make the playoffs, uh, but nobody ever really felt good about it. Jokic wins back-to-back MVPs. It's just been really, really up and down. Tim Connolly goes to the Minnesota Timberwolves now in the off season uh, Dre, I'll start with you on this one. When you take a step back and look at the nuggets and everything that's going on, what, what is one thing that sticks out to you where it's just like, you have to get that under control before you can go on to the next thing.
0: You know, I think I might go hindsight is 2020 and it's something Brendan vote talks about all the time. Um, at least when I see him around the office and stuff is yeah. the, the maybe the biggest concern with the nuggets, um, is were these last two years their window i mean look at how weak for nba standards right right, right. the last two champions have been um and was this a team where had the stars aligned had they got a good uh run of health had they gotten lucky yeah they they really might have just been the best team in the nba and primed and you know i mean there's a massive albatross out there in Kevin Durant yeah um who can absolutely just in this offseason completely swing the NBA championship and we've seen this in the NBA there are stretches where it's wide open I think in the post-Jordan era I can remember four to five seasons that qualify as such and uh So we're talking since '99. That's a pretty big window, about 23, 24 years, (laughs) um, where you've had four or five seasons where it was like, yeah, it's kind of up for grabs. Yeah. The rest of the time, it's kind of like, okay, let's wait for the Spurs window to close. Let's wait for the Kobe Shaq window to close. Let's wait for, um, you know, the Warriors with KD's window to close because there's not even really a point in trying. Mm-hmm. Um that's what can be a little annoying and stressful about the NBA is it's just five guys and sometimes teams are just so loaded that they have that completely locked down.
2: What was it 3 um, years in a row it was LeBron versus the Warriors in the final? Mm-hmm. Yep. He, LeBron was on a couple different teams in that stretch but yeah,
0: you know. Yeah, the heat with LeBron, Wade and Bosh of course had the league on lock for a minute. Um so yeah, there. This this is a very rare time in the NBA's cycle, the last uh, quarter century, to hey, where man. there's actually kind of a wide open championship window, and the next couple weeks, months will determine if that's still the case this season, or if that's kind of just shut. And you worry that the Nuggets smartly going all in and obviously have a few more restrictions than bigger markets like the Lakers or what have you, uh, where you're going to have more wiggle room and trade availability, free agent signings and what have you. The Nuggets kind of forced to re-sign their guys, give them max to MPJ. Like there aren't going to be equitable alternatives on the market for you to go another route. So you're, you're forced into the route you've chosen. Um and yeah, so that, that would be my biggest concern because you can talk about Tim Connolly leaving and how that's frustrating. That conversation feels more similar to the Avs losing a goaltender and it yeah. being like, well, their track record has shown that they actually are pretty darn good at finding GMs mm-hmm. um, and churning them out and that the structure's in place where Calvin Booth was already the GM and can come up and like kind of keep the, yeah. the thing rolling, right?
3: The nuggets, the nuggets are responsible for three of the GMs outside of Denver, right? Because Minnesota, mm-hmm. Chicago, and Toronto are all guys yes, that <laughs> made their bones in Denver. Yes, sir. And yeah. now... And then, and then the
0: goal. Like...
3: You, you also have Denver's GM. So <laughs> you're talking about four of the 30 yeah. teams yep. in the NBA are run yep. by Nuggets guys. Yep. Yep. Mm. So you can easily make the argument, hey, they know what they're doing there. There's a reason that they drew the line in the sand that they drew with Connolly. True that. But it doesn't – I I would say it doesn't feel any better to me anyway. No,
1: no it does not. What? Uh, it's, Honestly...
3: it's, there's no solace in that. I'm not like, right. well, well, you know, look at all these guys. For me, I'm just like, yeah, look at all the talent that left. You can't yeah. keep guys
0: yeah and I mean, especially in a championship window, seeing guys leave kind of stinks, yeah you know I mean because yeah. they're saying like, yeah, sure, a ring would be awesome right. uh as kind of a reward at the end of the tunnel of this journey, but I'll actually take potential billions of dollars uh instead so yeah
2: yeah and and I mean when we talk about it that way, it feels a little. was a little like kind of you know rockies ish you know over the years where you build up these great players just to see them with maybe only one exception in todd helton right as you build them up they they go somewhere else dre honestly hearing you talk about that like (laughs) i feel way worse about the nuggets now because like I, i hadn't really thought about that that these last two years in the nba like it, it it was it's been a rarity to see the league kind of up in the open. I it, the NBA really lost me in the 2010s there for a little bit because of exactly what you're talking about. It's like it, it, for in game one of the season, you can make a pretty safe prediction mm-hmm. for who's going to be there at the end of the year. Yeah. Hasn't felt like that the last two years. Nikola Jokic is 27 years old, back to back MVP seasons. You 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 worry that you wasted it.
0: For sure, man. And I mean, we know how this is. Like, I don't know that the Nuggets have ever quite been in this position, but Avs fans, Broncos fans, we understand that pressure of you have an all-time great. yeah, And man, the pressure to maximize that. I'm not going to cuss. I'm not on the MVR bets, but that effing window right here, right now, yeah, and just the hurt that it would cause us to not see, you know, Peyton Manning, and we could list off, so many other greats in denver sports history not win that chip at the end of their career elway and so on and so forth would be devastating man it would be devastating to see yoke because we we know his greatness i mean uh yeah when they lost the 2010s they lose Masai. i mean i literally had to stop watching nba basketball for a couple (laughs) years because the hurt was so great yeah um and yeah, or, to to be to course. have this man who saved basketball for me, and not see him get to the promised land, I I don't even want to go there, man. I don't even want to think of what that would be like because uh, that that would be an all time Denver sports regret.
2: Well, and the the one for me, you know, in in regards to that, I remember when when Jokic won his first MVP. I remember thinking it was so cool because that was a big deal for the Denver Nuggets mm-hmm. yeah. that a, a, a player for the Denver Nuggets won the NBA MVP. I know that uh, the Nuggets have had some great players in their history going back, you know, a, a little bit, but like, I don't know if the Nuggets have ever had anyone of of this caliber where I mean, well, they have, he, he's, he's the best player on the court in 99% of games. Mm-hmm. And you know, you, you really just felt like maybe the NBA was starting to change the way they looked at Denver. You know, Dre, you just mentioned like teams like LA, like the Lakers, they have that free agent draw. Denver's been referred to in, in multiple sports. Maybe every league except for the NFL is kind of a flyover state, right? And it just really felt like that first Jokic MVP, like that put them on the map coming off the bubble that saw them go to the, com- the conference final. You were like, here we go. This is going to be now five years of the Abs and Nuggets just banking trophies. And it just seems like it's come off the rails ever so slightly for the Nuggets, and, and you'd hate to see that continue.
0: <laughs> it's right there, man. It's right there. Shouts to Brendan Vote for always
3: reminding me of this.
1: That guy knows his <laughs>
3: stuff. I'm actually like... <laughs> obscenely excited for this Nuggets season dude i mean we have um, been on
0: standby for a year and a half you know like that's, aaron, that's the
3: thing is we
0: had that week with aaron gordon and everyone healthy and it was like oh my god this is happening yeah. it's like the office gift, right and then <laughs> snatched from us like that
3: well and because like the the aaron gordon thing was such a monumental shift for the franchise where yes, they right. they went from like we like our guys. We're gonna keep building, That's, and they were like, "We don't skip F- steps." They were like, "F this! We're putting our foot to the floor. Let's let's roll. Let's Hell, let's yeah. let's go play some basketball here." And then it got taken away from them. And then we spent all of last year just being like, "Cool, <laughs> right?"
0: Is it twenty twenty three? Yeah, uh... <laughs> this
3: is nice. What's Jamal up to?
0: Yeah,
3: because yeah. you just knew. You just knew no there was no level of Nikola Jokic greatness that was going to be able to make up for the loss of Jamal Murray and Michael Porter yeah. Jr. Yeah. And you mean. just knew there was no there was no level that he could get to that was gonna be enough. Um uh, to Yeah, that to, was his Jordan season, and that... like scoring
0: sixty nine against the Celtics on what would have been a twenty win team Bulls team if he's not yeah. on it, right. It's his Kobe uh, like scoring 60 and three quarters against the Mass for a
3: five hundred team. Like
0: you can only do so much, no matter yeah, how great it exactly. is.
3: Yeah. And and you know, there's no way he wins MVP ever again. Uh the NBA Ooh. won't let Won a that happen. <laughs> uh the NBA, the NBA suffers from the worst kind of voter fatigue. Uh and there's always the big shiny. Yeah that is on the horizon and you know, right now that it's Luca. So it's like, he's, he's next. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and the NBA operates in that, in that way. And it's cool. I don't give a shit about the MVP ever again. If I never hear about the MVP ever again in my life, I will be thrilled. I never thought, I never thought I would be so over a Denver athlete winning an MVP. The fact that I just – I don't even want to ever think about it again because it was – I was so sick of it by the end of it. And I I, I have a hockey-curated Twitter timeline, <laughs> and I was still sick of it. Uh, so I just uh, – anyway, I'm, I'm very excited for this year. I think I think their starting five kicks so much ass. Uh, and yep. I, I think their bench is going to be
0: – I do too.
3: It's going to be fun. Like mm-hmm. – you can't, you can't have Bones Highland involved in something and not be fun. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then, obviously, I'm very, very, very biased about the excitement over Christian Brown uh, and like just getting to see my KU guy do a, do well, a thing for the Nuggets. K, KU guys with the Nuggets historically <laughs> has not been great. Uh, so I'm I'm hoping this is finally one that goes well. But um, I'm I'm, I'm very excited for this season. I actually. Um on my drive up to Winnipeg recently, I was like, I wish I could just sit down and watch a Nuggets game. Like I was just ready because last year did not feel like I watched any. Yeah. Because it wasn't the Nuggets. It was yeah. it was this like like flawed version of it. I I imagine Clippers fans feel the exact same way. Where they're just like, Yeah, I, we didn't even get to watch the team that got built last year because it yeah. didn't matter. So I'm I'm amped for it, but I am nervous that hey, you now have major injuries to two of your two of your three core guys. And if anything ever happens to Jokic, you know, like you could be looking at the great the 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 goldenest of golden eras of in, in Nuggets history and look at it and say it never got a chance.
2: Well, if you think the Nuggets do have a chance next year, and you'd like to put some money on them, head on over to our Great friends over there at DraftKings. Uh, get in on the hottest sports action for your shot at Cold Hard Cash with DraftKings Sportsbook. Bet on all your favorite sports teams all summer long and gear up for football season, which is just around the corner. Very, very close. Uh, right now, new customers can get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. Just make your first bet up to, th- t- to $1,000. Uh, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get another shot at a big win Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over/unders, and props, your betting options really do feel endless. Uh, best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Deposit, withdraw your cash whenever you want. That's my favorite part. It is super easy to get your money out of there. Uh, Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the code DNVR uh, and make your first deposit to get that risk-free bet up to $1,000. Again, it's code DNVR. Uh, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only new customers, only minimum $5 deposit. Uh, risk-free bet paid out in the form of a non-withdrawable free bet token. Max $1,000 restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And of course, if you have a gambling problem in Colorado, call 1-800-522-4700. I mentioned it at the very beginning that the Avs and Nuggets might have the same biggest problem, and that is right now their, their altitude TV issue. But you don't have to worry about that with Ivaca TV. They're the new goat in Colorado sports. It's just undisputed fact. Uh, they deliver amped up sports coverage for Colorado fans exactly like what we try to bring you guys. And that's right, Ivaca does have altitude sports. Above all else, I'm going to say a bunch of other great things about Ivaca just now or right now. They got it. They got altitude. Problem solved. Like that's all you need to hear. They got altitude. Uh, Get the most uh, regional sports for less. They got Altitude, AT&T Sportsnet, you can get NFL Network. It's the lowest price for sports in Colorado, all in crystal clear HD, using less bandwidth than your current provider. Uh, Over 60 entertainment channels, news, movies, and more. Ibaka is only $25 a month plus a $5 receiver fee. And right now, Colorado sports fans can get $10 off per month for your first three months go to evoca.tv slash Colorado 10, evocatv dot slash Colorado 10. You're gonna get $10 off uh, per month for your first three months. Turn your home into the ultimate game viewing zone. You can even stream your teams from a phone, laptop, tablet. Uh, when you're on the go, you can also add on Sling the ESPN uh, and plenty more. And again, you'll get that discounted hey, rate you uh, when you are bundling with strings. No contracts, no catches. Ibaka TV is made for champions, just like the Colorado Avalanche. So head on over there, and you don't have to worry about the biggest problem facing the Abs and Nuggets. DN the Denver Sports Podcast, not the Denver Avalanche. Brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery. Jesse, Andre, AJ, and I think we'll be hearing from Yah here in just a moment. So those are Abs and Nuggets. You got to dig a little deep on the abs. The Nuggets definitely have some, uh, some concerns that oh, are you wasting some of this. Uh, but let's get into the other, you know, three kind of major teams uh, here in Colorado. We'll, we'll end on the Rockies because I'm 100% positive everyone has something to say about them. Um, but Yahir, if you're around, if you want to jump on, we can start with the Rapids or we can jump into Broncos. If uh, Like I said, he's pulling like triple, quadruple duty today. Oh shit! <laughs> <That is not laughs> Yaya, it's us. just chaos around Yaya's house. Uh, Yaya. Yeah, around, around the DNBR offices recently, I I have heard. Uh, haven't heard. I haven't heard you guys glowing about the Rapids recently.
1: It's just <laughs> the IRA, The immediate eye rub. It, it uh, just feels like every time this team is going to get it together, they don't. And it feels like every time they're going to make a commitment to the team, they don't. Uh, we had a Pork Smith go on MLS.com. He had an interview talking about – he's the GM, by the way, for the Rapids. Went on and just talked about how they're going to be extremely active. There's a transfer window. They were going to try to get some players in here and make a real playoff push, try to push for that seven seed. And uh, this month comes by, and they get a loan for a 31-year-old Chilean player for only three months and nothing else comes by and there's clear, clear hold on the team and nothing else happened. And now we're sitting here scratching our heads to what happened to the active window. And it just sucks because this team has talent. This team has potential after being the number one seed last year. And now Mm -hmm. you're sitting here fighting for the seventh seed with an opportunity to make your team better without having to give up any assets, because that's not how soccer works. You can just give up money, which they have to do. They have money to give up, and they don't do anything, and it just hurts. You can do it, and you just don't. And now you're just sitting here not believing the front office or believing if this team is really punting on the 22 season or if they just really believe on their guys, believe their guys.
0: This team, man, this team, they were so bright and looked so good last year. And I don't know where the youth movement is either. You know, the the problem with the MLS is teams can kind of be constructed not too dissimilar to a college team where, you know, there's going to be turnover pretty often. Yeah, pretty often. I mean, it's it's a lower level league in the greater scope of the world game. So there's going to be turnover um and so that was to be expected and it just has felt like whether it's an insertion of talent through the transfer window or through the youth academy that had really been so important in the growth of this team to become the number one seed last year um it's just not quite there and then yeah the bigger kick to the nuts uh for lack of better term is uh that you see other teams around the MLS really doing some intriguing stuff, really kind of making some moves that make people raise their eyebrows uh, on the world stage. And the Rapids are still, you know, doing their thing where they're finding, you know, it's the island of misfit toys, right? So we're, we're finding guys on the margins and hoping they can, they can have kind of a career renaissance in Colorado which to their credit has worked out more often than not the last couple of years, but that can be a bit of a, you know, a tricky game you play.
1: Yeah. And Porter, like as you said, Porter has done a great job of bringing it in is. players like Colin Acosta was one of them. He was exiled from F- uh, FC Dallas, comes to Denver, completely reignites his career and now he's gone. There's a the turnover you're talking about. He was one of your central midfielders and he's no longer here. And you lose some of the young kids that you brought up through your academy and Sam Bynes and Cole Bassett, And you bring in players like Mac, Max Alves and Lucas Estevez from Brazil to kind of do a, be a one-for-one replacement, and they just haven't worked out so far. Lucas Estevez has been a little bit better. He's been a little bit more consistent than Max, and he's been able to fill in that role. But it's still not the same production that you need. At a certain point, you are going to have to invest in this team. You are going to have to give up money, gam. Whatever it takes to bring in players that can help you win now, and not keep planning for the future, because they they do have a lot of young players like Priso, Max. They also have Yaya, Yappy. They have uh, Lucas Estevez, uh, Gustavo Vicia. They have these players that they brought in, but they're not win now moves on a win now roster. They're future moves for a roster that could probably be better good in a year or two. Yeah. And that's just that's where you get like peeved because they're telling you we're in a win now, we're in a win now window, we're making moves to win now, we're going to be active. And then when it comes time to do all that, you don't get any of that. And it just becomes so frustrating as a fan because it's something that you see every every transfer window, whether it be the summer or the winter one. And these players that they do bring in are just young project players that aren't working out so far.
2: So where's, where's the disconnect here? Because like, you know, the, the way that we're talking, I don't know if missed opportunity is the right way to put it, uh, but again, like you go back a year, they're the number one seed in the West. Was that overachieving and you're sitting there saying, cool, now you have something you can build on and we just kind of missed or has there been some like mismanagement of assets here that have caused you to kind of go in the other direction?
1: I think it's a little bit of everything. I think last year was the perfect scenario. If everything went right for you, that's what you get. You get the number one seed. This year, you've actually had to like face a little bit more injuries, face teams in, in a in better form, and you've noticed that the Rapids haven't been able to to get to the place that they were last year. It's also been the assets they lost haven't been haven't been replaced as they should. I said Cole Bassett and Sam Sam Vines were for huge parts of this team last year. And they haven't been replaced like they should, and now you're sitting here wondering: Is this team was this team really as good as it was last year, or is this just the complete opposite and everything went wrong compared to last year that everything went right?
0: Yeah, yeah. They honestly feel like the Islanders, man. Um, and you think <laughs> of like that window a couple years ago, and it's a yeah. uh, hey, I, 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 <laughs> yes, I know, please. I know the relatable examples to make, <laughs> and it's like, well, you know. Um, Devontae's was a day two pick we can we can just replenish with other day two picks and it's like no that, that doesn't work out like you were really lucky to get a stud from a day two pick yeah. you can't just think that's like that's gonna happen forever you kind of got to maximize those windows and I mean resource wise they're just behind the eight ball and thus much like the Islanders it's harder to keep up with the Joneses on a year to year basis, and it's more gonna be okay, let's try to rebuild for down yes. the line, and uh, you know, and constantly then, looking ahead, yeah, and then that becomes harder because you're not going to establish more revenue and more of a stable right. fan base if you're just good every three years, every five years. That's
2: do, do you think you could kind of boil it down with the rapids to <clears throat> they don't have a vision? They don't have a road map for where they want to end up, or is that maybe a little
1: too dramatic? I think they have a road map, but they didn't expect the road map, they didn't expect the actual trip to have so many bumps.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's what like, I think whoa, it is. This I think looks it, totally different than it did on Google Maps. Yeah,
1: I think they, they saw I7, they took a, they uh, they planned out their trip to the airport with the 2008 map. <laughs> Now, when they head to the airport this year, like, it's completely different. And they're (laughs) facing all these bumps and, like, things on the road that you're like, I just didn't know this was here. Yeah. I think that's what it's more than anything.
0: Google does that anytime I go up to a Wyoming Pro Day in the summer to get a little draft coverage. Yeah. um, The route seemed free and clear. And then it would take me off-roading for 10 (laughs) miles. And it was like, uh... Am I gonna survive this stretch? Because you never know when Google's just like, "All right, you're on your own, buddy." <laughs> ask someone with a cowboy hat riding a horse how to get to the universe. You know, to the, the University of Wyoming from here. So, uh, ask yeah, yeah. somebody
2: We're... in a cowboy hat. Uh, maps on my phone. Whenever I'm going out to like do media at the ABS little like airport hangar if you don't know where you're going, it takes you like as if you're going to the airport and then it has, it like has a turn built in for like this emergency pull-off. It's like, keep going speed limit 65 turn now. You missed it. It's like, that wasn't a turn. Uh, But yeah. So saying, but you know, man, it's just kind of tying this all together for the rapids. Like we've seen that with the abs over the last decade. I think we are just kind of coming out of it with the Broncos where it's like, You need to make sure that, yeah, you know where you're going. You've got a roadmap. That roadmap is up to date and you stick to it and you follow it. Again, we saw the abs have to restart. Exactly what you're just saying, Dre. It's you're, you're, you're rebuilding for the next rebuild just over and over and over again. They did it for over a decade because every time it looked like they were starting to go down a path, they're like, well, what if we try to take this shortcut? And it just ends up setting you back a year, two years when you keep making that same choice that same decision kind of like what you know it sounds like the rapids have gone through now for the last year uh it's you you end up with situations like this where you thought you were in one place and were taking steps and now suddenly you get punched in the mouth a little bit and you start questioning are are we the team we thought we were eight nine months ago yeah
1: um great way to end it honestly that That's exactly what it feels like most of the time. (laughs)
2: Um, You know, so I I just mentioned the Broncos, maybe kind of coming out of that. Dre, how are you feeling? Russell Wilson's in town. Uh, There seems to be real reason for optimism and not just kind of like the preseason. Well, maybe we can talk ourselves into it. Like you You feel excited for the Broncos to get going this year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's been a long while since uh, we felt like this. I was actually doing a a podcast with a homie who I used to podcast with 10 years ago. Um, And it was crazy being like, oh, yeah, you and I have podcasted when the Broncos were actually good. That's (laughs) how long it's been. I can't really say that about many of you who I've worked with. Like AJ, I think we've been podcasting for legit seven years. Um, So like that says something that AJ and I have never been able to talk about a competitive Broncos team on a podcast that's kind of nutty. So, yeah, there's definitely optimism when framed that way. Um, I'd say the biggest concern is, you know, as you, you too, the Broncos, much like we talked about with the abs, have had to hemorrhage assets to get Russell Wilson, right? Yeah. Um, And to try to kind of maximize this window and go, go all in on actually being a contender. Um, I think the biggest concern, you know, the Tim Patrick uh, injury, certain certainly worries you. And I think the right tackle spot has me very concerned. And that's again, much like the quarterback, that's a spot we haven't been able to talk about uh, glowingly for seven years as well. I remember those draft pods. Right. right. Same conversation. You know, always, always. Um, and I'm not going to bring up the rest of the line or the questions at left tackle or wide receiver or Randy Gregory, who got a big contract and might not be healthy and like has only proven to be a legit starter at the NFL level for like a year. Um, but that right tackle spot does concern me in um, an offense that's going to have to be run heavy. And that's the strong side where you're going to run primarily, and, uh, you know, Russell Wilson is a smaller quarterback. Um, and oh, is all, he? All, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I've yeah, never heard that. Don't know if you'd heard that. Um, and all that means is uh, the, mar- the margins are smaller, right? So when a bigger quarterback like Big Ben or Josh Allen might have a broken tackle in him every play. Russ isn't necessarily going to have that. And Russ is also going to have to be a little healthier and closer to a hundred percent in his lower half, because how he makes up for that lack of size is with his mobility. And we've seen that with Russ Russ is almost every year, the first quarter of the NFL season, Russell Wilson's a top two or three MVP candidate. That always seems to fade in the second half of the season. And, you know, I'm not going to bother you with all the stuff that went down in Seattle, but when you don't have a reliable right tackle and you worry about him taking more hits and getting more banged up, I worry those margins will will shrink on you and he's not going to be able to maximize his talent come that second half of the season if the right tackle is a turnstile and he's getting hit constantly or making, you know, rush decisions because he's constantly getting pressured from that side. Yeah. So that to me would be uh, would be the biggest concern.
3: AJ, yeah, I I think that it's kind of a combination of the fact that uh, you need you need obviously you need Wilson to be healthy, but you need Bradley Chubb to be healthy. You need Randy Gregory to be healthy. You need to get healthy years out of Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy and KJ yeah. Hamler. Because Tim Patrick is already gone, and losing Patrick sucks. It, he's the world's most likable guy, uh, the easy story to root for, and a guy that had really made good. Um, but that was also like the one position that they could suffer an injury at and be like, "Okay, we can we can handle this." Yeah. Um, you hate you hate to see it. Obviously, yeah. you're not like, "Oh, wow." sucks or Tim Patrick, but it'll be fine. Like it's they're worse today because he got hurt. But yeah. Yeah. uh it's it's really like key guys uh that are gonna that are going to their success and failure will be a driving force between the team's results this year are are all guys that you have serious injury questions about. And you know, I mean Russell Wilson's not really one of them just given his history yeah um like he's been an iron man in his career but like uh, you do you know as you get older when you do suffer one injury it leads to a second injury which leads to a third and it that's how that's kind of how it starts right so uh, and what you're talking about with the, the the offensive line questions and can they protect him and you know, the guys, the guys in his mid thirties. You know, his knees are going to start getting creaky. That that elusiveness is going to slip some. Um, I'm hopeful that uh, a more reliable running game will help him. Yes. Um, I'm I'm hopeful that they 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 are able to work around some of the things in his game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and uh, find find a way to make life a little easier for him, but. Really, my my big concern is that the defense just does not live up to the reputation mm-hmm. because it's got plenty of talent. But if Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory can't stay healthy, you're you're gonna struggle. Yeah. Um, you know, now you need need Nick Benito to be a star for you, oh, yeah. um, and and. You know, you. Uh, for me, for me, I think last year's defense was a touch overrated, and I worry that without Vic there to cover some of it up, and without, without the fact that last year's team got a little on the lucky side in some of those fifty-fifty coin flip um, aspects of the game, that they they get leaned on a little too much. Now you hope there's better balance between offense and defense, where the defense yeah. doesn't need to be exceptional to keep them yes. in games. Yes, um, it's not
2: confrontational so, in the locker room. Well,
3: yeah, and so you can so you can have a 16th place defense and still be competitive. But really, like if you're trying to pick what's the biggest problem for the Broncos, it's not a Broncos problem. It's the fact that they're in the world's like toughest division. Oh, they no, play. They they have an absolute murderers row in their own division that they have to try and claw their way through. And as the team with the new coach and the new quarterback, they're starting fresh and they don't have years of consistency and years of things built up the same way that the others are going to do. Now, McDaniels is obviously new out in Oakland, but Mm -hmm. you know, and we all hate that dude, but we also all know if that guy figures it out and gets it clicking, the guy is a genius and that only makes the Raiders that much more of a problem. So my, like I've got concerns all over the, the roster yeah. and question marks and how good are they actually a blah, 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 but my, my number one thing, the AFC West is nasty and they have a tough, they, they're they I think they have the NFC South, right. As their matchup this year.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean the NFC West actually. So like,
3: Oh, it's the West. Okay. Yeah. So great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, I've got,
2: I've got two questions that kind of fold into both of what you guys were just saying. <clears throat> One is about Jerry Judy. And obviously, it's last year. I didn't have a ton of time to dig into the numbers. So, maybe tell me if I'm like just way off base on this. It's, not, it's really struggling to catch the ball. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, tell me if I'm off base statistically. Really struggled to catch the ball. And and where I'm going with that is when you step back and you look at this Broncos roster, there's a lot of, I guess, talent potential is the right way to put that. You have a lot of these younger guys you're looking at like, holy smokes, they're just talent at every position. There's skill at every position. But they're all young guys, and you're hoping that -hmm. they all take that next step. Again, equating it back to the stuff that I deal with every day, the abs, we watched that for a decade. Just so much promise. Oh, this guy. Oh, that guy. And when they just don't take that next step, maybe the way that you're projecting or that you're hoping, it kind of derails things. So I guess my first question is one, how much concern is there about some of these younger guys being able to take that next step? And two, there is a bit of pressure on this Broncos team this year, bringing in Russell Wilson. Do you think that will weigh on any of these younger guys who are maybe being thrust into maybe bigger roles than they were last year purely just because of the quarterback that you have.
0: I mean, they're kind of cashing in their chips, right? They're saying, like, yeah. hey, we yeah, you guys like our growth potential. Let's see if it's actual legit once we put it in a championship context and uh, you know, like see if they'll float or sink. Um, yeah. but it, it really is one of those where you're just you're you're going all in and you're hoping that it works out the way it did last time the Broncos went all in on a Hall of Fame quarterback where Demarius Thomas and Eric Decker that that was just growth potential those dudes hadn't really shown anything at the NFL level aside from glimpses and always was able to sell Manning on that and it I mean it it panned out in the best of ways um but yeah no we we haven't seen it in an actual like winning setting where it's all on the line and the pressure's on and uh Like they're, it's a, it's a key moment for the franchise. No doubt. Yeah, no, for sure.
2: AJ, anything to add on that?
3: Uh, I'm not worried about the young, if the young guys can't handle it, they won't be in the NFL very long. Um, And that's, I'm just not that concerned about it. I will say I absolutely love Pat Sertan and Javante Williams. And I think that they have the potential to be all time great Broncos at their respective positions. Well said. Um, I just, if each of those guys lives up to that, if Jerry Judy lives up to that, if Courtney Sutton lives up to who he could be like, they could be, they could be a lot of fun, man. Like they, there's, there's potential for the team to be a really, really, really fun team to watch every week. And, that's nice to have. Um, but I will say I definitely don't worry about additional pressure on the younger guys because that's just sports. You've got to be yeah. able to figure that out. I mean, you have yeah. to look if Nick, if Nick Benito gets thrust into an every down roll because Gregory and Chubb and, uh, and Reed like the, those guys can't hand, you know, they get hurt or whatever. Okay. Um, yeah. you know, welcome to the league. Yeah. Um, that's that, you know, that's probably bad for everybody involved, but ultimately like those guys are, you know, your, your best players have to be your best players. They're relying on all, all those guys taking steps forward, which is one reason why you should bet against them because that's unrealistic. So these guys aren't going to do that. The Broncos can love their tight end room all they want, but Eric Tomlinson isn't going to catch 60 passes this year. (laughs) You know, like, it's just not going to happen. So, uh, I just, it's hard to, it's it, when a team's plan is for, hey, look, when everything goes well, we'll be really good. Like, <laughs> it's tough for me. That's, I don't think it's a particularly deep football team. So,
0: that's too many,
3: too many things, too many things where it's like, this guy gets hurt, this guy gets hurt, this guy gets hurt. You're just kind of like, well, the, now you're pulling street free agents out of here to, yep to patch holes here and yep. you know you're putting you're putting band-aids on a on a bullet wound at that spot right. so
0: and in the NFL the last 10 years since we've moved away from two a days and padded practices and I mean I don't know what the correlation is necessarily I've just noticed this trend there are injuries no matter what that's yeah. not an, that's not an if anymore it's a when yeah. and how are you going
3: to be able to it's, adjust it's it's when and it's how many yes. because like you know there have been there have been times where you see like oh the cornerback position some teams it's like there's just, there's like seven dudes who get hurt and you're like what the <laughs> fuck is this man like we can't you can't even like there's no team in the world that can cover this up yeah right so some of it so you have to get a little bit lucky in yes. that regard uh yeah. basically don't you're be the first yeah so yeah
2: <clears throat> um So we're running a little long here. So uh, we'll take, uh, do our last little read here. Then we'll do Rockies and... uh, our
0: grievances with Rockies. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, I don't know. Have you guys, have you guys heard? I don't know if you've, it's heard that it's smooth sack summer. I hadn't heard that. Had you guys heard that? (laughs) The look on AJ's face tells me that he had heard. I'm sure you were behind this. Uh, Well... Uh, when you're playing uh, when you're playing in the summer sun, make sure uh, you're skated, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, from the pubes to the bum. Make sure. again, it's smooth sack summer, so you kind of have to be. Uh, that's right. This is the summer to keep your balls cool while still looking hot with Manscape. It's like 300 degrees yeah. outside right now, so very well timed. Uh, the leader in below the belt grooming is making sure, We all have a ball this summer by giving our pants partners everything they need to stay fresh. Dive headfirst into Smooth Sack Summer by going to Manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with our new code DNBR. Uh, The Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 has everything you need to prepare for that summer bod. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. Weed whacker, ear and nose, hair trimmer, uh, crop preserver, ball deodorant, crop provider, toner, performance boxer, boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold all of those goodies. Lawnmower 4.0 trimmers uh, features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. Uh, thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. Mm-hmm. Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor and a new multifunction on off switch can engage a travel lock and gives you the ability to turn the 4,000 K. Why am I blind, blanking on their LED spotlight on and off when you need a more precise shave? Did I mention it's waterproof beach, lake, or shower this razor? Will devour even the... Yes, a bunch,
3: bunch of dudes shaving their balls on the beach,
2: baby! On the beach, jump in the water, rinse it all off. Who needs a shower when, you, when you're on the boy, when you on the beach with your boys? Uh, get 20% off and free shipping with the code DNBR at manscaped.com. 20% off and free shipping with the code DNBR at manscaped.com. It's Smooth Sack Summer Boys. Get on board or get left behind. I don't want to get left behind, so I don't really have many options, I guess. Yeah, I guess I, I got to go to Manscaped. Uh, Denver Sports Podcast, Jesse, Andre, AJ, brought to you guys by Ridge Brewery today. Use that beer locator and find a dealer nearest you or come on down and see us at the DNVR Bar 2.0 when we get it uh, back rocking and rolling here in just a matter of weeks. Uh, they are the official beer of DNVR. All right. The moment we've all been waiting for, we actually could probably do a full show uh, on just Rocky's grievances. We could. Um, AJ, you, uh, you did some wonderful pinch hitting on the writing side for our uh, DNVR Rockies uh, folks this week. Uh, our boy uh, Patrick was supposed to be on with us, but he is stuck in San Diego trying to get back home after the uh, Rock Series Padres. So uh, you're once again going to be pinch-hitting for the Rockies to kick us off here, AJ. I mean, the look on your face has already just got me primed for what's about to come here.
3: I mean, honestly, I'm more exhausted thinking about the Rockies' existence than (laughs) any other aspect of my life. Uh, I've I've had brutal, heartbreaking breakups that caused me less emotional turmoil than Rockies fandom
0: that you talk about less in therapy than the Rockies it doesn't linger this long yeah breakup you're able to get over it eventually this this, yeah
3: do you either you either bang it out or you drink it out or you do whatever you got to do in order to in order to, to 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 move on and then you know you grow up you mature you wish the person well or or you know you you don't And you get on with your life, but with the Rockies, it's it's like, you try and break up with them, dude, and they text you at 6.40 p.m. every day, you up. And (laughs) you're just like, no, no, leave me alone. No. Uh, I honestly, I just can't, uh, I, there are so many, there are so many organizational, like foundational issues here. Um if they were if they were a house for sale it would be a tear down Ugh. it would be it would be they would be up for sale for 80k yes. it would be a tear down it would not be something that you walk in and say oh this is redeemable no fuck all that you're ripping it all apart and you're rebuilding it from the studs because it, it's a, it's an organization that from the owner to the gm to the way they do business to their development uh process to their to their talent evaluation, to ab- absolutely everything that they do, there isn't a positive that you can draw. Um, uh, if you try to, if you try to be look, course field is a great experience. Yeah, the fact true. that course field is great and the McGregor Square is really cool and a great addition to downtown. Don't they've made the experience of the Rockies game day awesome outside of when you are caring about the result of the game because their bullshit bullpen blew another fucking lead. And you're just sitting there like, great. Now they're 13 games under 500 and they're 36 games back of the Dodgers. This is a, this is the best fandom ever. I, it's the combination of the fact that they're in a division with a legitimate all time, great juggernaut in the Dodgers right now who are a well-oiled machine. Um, Uh, of excellence at all. They've got the resources and the, the personnel they, they, they use their resources at, at an elite clip and everybody that they draft, you go great. Now that guy's going to be an (laughs) all-star or he's going to be involved in a trade package for an already Mm all-star. It just doesn't uh, like there's a, there's a helplessness to, to the Rockies fandom right now. And you don't, uh, there's no reasons for optimism. I Zach Veen looks like an absolute superstar in minor league baseball right now. And what does it matter? So he's going to come up and he'll be a great player for the Rockies. They'll give him a $200 million contract and convince him to stick around. And he'll either do that age poorly and end up old and broken down and expensive like Charlie Blackman, or they'll fuck it up with like they did with Nolan and they'll pay a bunch of money for somebody to take him off their hands. Like there's no reason for me to be excited about Zach being the Rocky, mm-hmm. because we know how the story ends. If we're really, really lucky, they might make a wild card and get smoked by the Brewers or something. <laughs> it just doesn't. It none of it feels mm-hmm. good. I we could each take an aspect of the organiz- organization. All right, you get the owner. All right, you get the GM. Right. All right, you mm-hmm. get you get their draft guy. Like whatever, like, whatever aspect you try and pick that doesn't involve. Course Field is a great place to catch a baseball game. It's bad. There's not one single thing, and, and and if there's somebody out there doing it, they're blowing smoke up your ass right now. It just doesn't feel good. I wish I wish I felt differently. I wish that that, that there that it just wasn't that way. Yeah. But this is the world that they live in. They don't deserve any benefit of the doubt whatsoever. They can't even get the most basic of shit down, which is hey. When you, have a, when you have an old guy on an expiring contract and you're not making the postseason okay. at the trade deadline, you trade that guy for a couple of whatever prospects that you guys like, and you move on. And yeah. at this point, even if they did that, those prospects wouldn't become anything. They'd be bums yeah. because they're probably not out there scouting other teams because they don't spend money on infrastructure. They don't do anything. That that should be done at an MLB level. They're a fucking joke of a franchise.
0: It's the lack of a roadmap. It's the question you asked Yaya two segments ago. It's just like,
3: or I don't I even mean, think that's it. I think they have a roadmap. I just <laughs> think that it's doesn't go anywhere.
2: Yeah, it's all about real estate development.
3: It's, it's the a straight up. To the middle, it's a. Yeah. It's a. It's a landing strip. It's where it's where yeah. teams park the airplane. You know, it's it's where other teams swoop in and pick dudes up and then they fly away and then they go on to have great careers and do other things and whatever. They're nothing right now. Like I I don't feel like they lack a plan because they think that their plan is working. They're however many games below 500 right now and they think that they're competing for the postseason. They were the only team at the deadline to do nothing. Nothing. Yeah. The, every, every, every single aspect of the organization right now does something that is indefensible and i i don't know i don't know how to get deeper beyond that because that it's just the reality of it it's in yep. the, every aspect of the organization does something indefensible i can't even feel good about the chris bryant signing because he's hurt all the goddamn time yeah
0: Yeah, you were talking about the Dodgers. Dodgers straight up mocking us as Tyler Anderson as a 12-1 and record and a 289 ERA, talking about developing um, talent and being able to maximize resources. And I think this trade deadline felt especially raw because they just went through a trade deadline where they didn't deal John Gray, they didn't deal Trevor Story, and they lost him for nothing in the well, and then And this is just going to continue. And, and the
3: article gets written that the Rockies are mad that John Gray, they thought they had an agreement with John Gray, and John Gray's agent took that agreement and shopped around the MLB for a better deal, got yeah. one, and they took it. And it was like, you're mad at the guy's agent for literally doing his job. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck are we doing here? Yeah.
2: yeah. That's what? bad. <laughs> again it's just like you said it's so I was gonna sit here and try to be like well it's just kind of this, but like it's like to your point age like it's it's so many things on so many levels like you can't even say it's poor asset management it's poor this it's poor that other than how you started that whole thing off other than the ballpark and now kind of the extension to the ballpark I I I see. I can't think of one thing where you're like, "Wow, mm, nice move." To your point, even the and and why is his name escaping me? You just said the big free agent Bryant. You know, even when they signed him, yeah, there was a couple. You know, people I saw out there on Twitter like, "This is awesome," but most everyone had the same reaction of like, "Okay, why?"
3: I loved. I loved the signing. I still love the signing because I love that. Hey. I love that whether whether or not however I feel about their incompetence or whatever, going out and being like, we're gonna give huge money to this guy because we think he can help us win ball games. Great. At least I can understand you guys are trying to win ball games. Yep. But when you do nothing at the trade deadline, I don't feel like that anymore. For the are second straight year, you don't do you don't do anything. You patch holes with these veterans who would not be guys like Jose Iglesias. Who would not be in in the MLB were it not for the Rockies being the last game in town? Like the the Rockies are the guy get the guys who are on their way out of the bigs, and the Rockies are like, ah, we we need guys, and like I they can't I I can't I I loved I love the Bryant signing. I love the player. I've loved watching him his whole career. I'm I I they overpaid for him. They they bid they outbid against themselves. The market wasn't there for him in, to, that, to that level, and he basically had to take the money because they were offering almost $200 million, and nobody else was coming close to that.
2: Does that not feel like an empty calorie move, though? Like, yeah, you know, I mean, say, they oh, all I feel that way.
3: Ball games. But like, what that matter? They've they, they re-signed a closer at the deadline. He's 37 years old. What do you need a closer for? You're never winning games. You're trailing <laughs> more games than you're not. Yeah. I what do you what are you doing spending money on a closer who's at the tail end of his career? I understand he didn't pitch for six years, so the normal wear and tear isn't on his body. So right. we may see an abnormal decline with his arm. We may see it. Why do you want to be the team that pays for that though? Right. For a, that's for like a the final position.
0: move you make though, right? Yeah. AJ It's You're not great. like move two <laughs> in like a <laughs> deep deep rebuild. <laughs> it makes no sense. It's almost like this franchise is operating to just stay competitive enough yeah. to where people will still come through the no, doors. No, but there's, because there's no even if long they bought them out, stop. it I'm won't kidding. matter.
3: Even if they bought them out, it won't matter. People are still going yeah. because yeah, every year yeah. they have a great September and they finish seven games back and they go, Hey, look, if we have a better 19 days where we totally fucking See? fell apart, where they always do it, and you're just like... Ah. See, and that's yes. that's that's where yes, I agree with Dre. Edmonton yeah. Oilers fan. If things were different, <laughs> you would be living in a different world. <laughs>
2: yeah. but no, like that's where I agree with you, Dre. Where it's like it really does it feel like it feels like they keep the team. Ju- I mean, just just competitive enough that you can sell the dream, the future, and then they invest so much in the facilities. That, you know, everyone, every year, it's, we, we laugh. Every year, it's like Groundhog's Day. The start of the Rocky season, it gets off to a good start. People get excited. People go to the ballpark. And then the wheels always come off. But now everyone's like, ah, well, it's just so fun. We went for a couple games at the beginning of the season when they were good and whatever, whatever. And, and so I'm with you. I I, I really do. I, I think that's their roadmap. How can we be just, it's just a circle. How can we stay just good enough so that people keep coming in because they're always top 10 in MLB attendance. How can we say just good enough that people keep coming in the door? We don't really have to like commit hard to anything. And it's, it's just, it's, you feel so bad for, you know, the, the folks that we try to talk to at DNVR, the diehards that they just want to see a competitive baseball team. And, and it seems like it feels like at times that franchise has no interest in
0: that. I mean, not even competitive. I just like someone who's building towards something that can resemble a competitive ball club. Well, at, and
3: the, like the lack of real transparency. Yeah. That the lack of transparency about what's going on is another huge issue because you could understand, okay, hey, we're gonna trade these guys, we're not gonna trade these. This is kind of the plan here. This is what we're hoping to do, this is what we're Uh, this is what, you know, like, these are our goals here. And instead, every goddamn press conference is them being defensive about things because they've done something indefensible and them being like, well, we were the only team to sign a club player to an extension at the trade deadline. We weren't the, we we were the only one not to make a trade, but why are we focusing on that? Not the fact that we were the only one to give an extension. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. Stop, stop feeding us this bullshit. Okay. Like it's offensive. Yeah. You 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 treat yeah. us all like we're stupid that you're the smartest guy in the room and your organization is perpetually 15 games below 500. Shut the fuck up.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean it insults your intelligence and they've turned yeah. off the diehards more than a- anything. Yeah. Because if you actually understand team construction and, you know, drafting and developing and how long-term contenders are built and how you can uh, you know, build up rosters on the margins. Uh, you know, the book was literally written about the Tampa Bay Rays and the two percent. You're not, you're not seeing. This is the anti two percent. Um, yeah. they, they just, they just don't get it. Um, so that's, I, that's
2: another interesting one, Jerry. I hadn't really thought about that. Like with the other teams that we've talked about on this show, it almost feels like kind of the opposite, right? Like the diehards are the ones who you know, really feel catered to, they understand the moves, they see what's going on. And it's the casuals who, you know, if, if the Broncos lose a game, the abs lose a game, you know, they can kind of go haywire here. It's kind of the opposite. It's more of like the casuals feel like, Oh yeah, no, this is fun. It's fun to watch. This is good stuff. Then the diehards are like, no, this is miserable. They, they, you know, they completely turned us off the Rockies ownership group. It feels like the franchise, like you said, just kind of caters to the, Casuals who they understand aren't gonna look real deep into these moves that we make, these decisions that we make. They're gonna come out to the ballpark and have a good time. Eh, the diehards who understand the game and the way you know we evaluate these prospects and stuff, and whatever. And it's just it's it's so interesting to watch the way that they are run versus the way the other big teams in, in town are running it. it it's puzzling more than anything else, I think, for me.
3: I, I've moved beyond being puzzled and being offended because every time they try and talk to us, um, they get defensive and they try and play the we-know-more-than-you angle. Yeah. And it's like, okay, if you know more than us, then how are you so fucking bad at what you're doing? Mm-hmm.
0: And why are you run like no other major league baseball team is right. right? right. Including the successful ones. Uh, Why are you not following the trend that other professional teams are following it? It's it's they're insulting our intelligence. It really is. It's it's offensive, man.
3: Yeah. Like 29 other big league teams. Look at the Rockies and go get a load of this guy. (laughs) Well, it's, 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 they they
2: are the Rockies are to the MLB with the Capitals goaltending is to the ABS. You just wait around till they till they move on somewhere else. I'm gonna ask you guys this last question, and we're gonna get out of here because we do actually have the ABS uh, the end of our Avalanche podcast coming up. One last Man. real 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 quick question uh, on the Rockies: How or is there a way to fix this?
3: You give you give me a billion dollars you give me and Andre <laughs> the keys the keys to the you you give us the keys to the kingdom we'll fix the Rockies yeah I have full I have full confidence that we could fix the Rockies uh, that we could do it obviously we wouldn't be making baseball decisions but I think that we could I think that we could successfully make enough sports like smart sports level decisions uh, based on lessons that we've learned from our respective sports that we could build an infrastructure and we could invest in the right places and we could build an attitude and we could have a we could have a a, a, a media approach that makes sense and is more transparent and is more uh, fan friendly and i just that's it though um, is there a way to fix it is there a way to fix it with the munfords in charge the answer is no
0: It's the teardown analogy AJ started this with. There is no... And I mean, there's no worse thing in sports than knowing the decision maker at the top is not making decisions based on the long-term benefits of your franchise, but more short-sighted, trying to save face, trying to save revenue in the immediate to get where they're going.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's upsetting. It's daunting when you step back and say... You're not a couple tweaks away. You are literally, and it's not like sell off your player assets and rebuild that way. I mean, you're talking about a top-to-bottom organizational uh, complete remodel. Uh, Honestly, guys, I I really enjoyed this conversation. It brought to light some stuff stuff. that I hadn't really thought about. Um, And again, you do sometimes have to take a step back and focus on the negative to get to the ultimate positive. Uh, I'm sure we'll have more stuff in this realm here uh, as we... Still have a couple weeks to kill before uh, football gets going at the college and pro level, and then Nuggets and uh, ABS come a little bit after that. Uh, Dre, AJ, appreciate you guys taking the time this morning to uh, to jump on with me here. Yah, here if you're uh, if you're listening, if you're not putting together five other shows simultaneously, as always, thank you and thank you especially today. I know you're running around uh, like crazy, so big shout out to Yah. make sure uh, everyone listening head over to Twitter and uh, give him a. Drop you here a heart of thanks because uh, he's, he's making sure that everyone can be seen and heard and uh, look good today. Uh, for Andre, AJ, and Yah here, I'm Jesse Montagna. Thank you guys all so much for listening to the Denver Sports Podcast brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery.